0: This podcast is sponsored by Project Dragonfly, a master's degree program offered by Miami University dedicated to ecological and social change. Project Dragonfly offers a part-time Master's of Arts in Biology degree focused on conservation or a Master's of Arts in Teaching for teachers. The program is designed for working professionals and can be completed from anywhere in the United States. Learn more at projectdragonfly.miamioh.edu. Hi everyone, we've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus news. Um, These are some fun stories that I've categorized into drawdown, wild rivers, and rewilding. These stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. The first category of drawdown, uh, we've got a story coming out of CNN.com. This is one of the craziest stories um I, I i don't know why i was so just kind of blown away by it u.s carbon emissions fell in 2023 as coal use tumbled to new lows planet warming pollution in the u.s decreased nearly two percent in 2023 even as the economy grew according to new data from the nonpartisan rhodium group the falling emissions driven largely by retirements of dirty coal-fired power plants, put U.S. climate pollution, here's where it gets crazy, at its lowest level since 1991. That is so wild to me. Rhodium analyst Ben King has told CNN, but the numbers also show the nation is nowhere near hitting the aggressive climate targets laid out by President Joe Biden at the start of his first term. In order to achieve Biden's goal of cutting emissions in half by the end of the decade, King said the current reductions would have to triple to around 7% reductions per year. That would take much more wind, solar, nuclear, and other zero emission energy, providing electricity to the grid, more vehicles on the road powered by electricity or zero emission fuels, and heavy industry like steel, cement, and chemical manufacturers slashing their emissions. It is good to see emissions moving in this direction, but more work is needed to keep the U.S. on track for its Paris goals, King said. It remains to be seen whether the U.S. can keep its promise to steeply cut its emissions, and the U.S. will have to update its targets next year, a step that will be shaped by the outcome of the 2024 election. The data shows continued cutbacks on coal energy have a big impact on US climate pollution. Unlike in China, no new coal plants are being built in the US and many utilities are retiring aging and costly power plants that were built in the 70s and 80s. That is spectacular. Um, I hope that this news gets shared far and wide. It's absolutely remarkable and A testament to all the climate activists working around the country, so thank you to everyone. Second category of wild rivers, uh, this is coming out of iflscience.com. Water is freely flowing down the Klamath River for the first time in a hundred years. God, that's special. Following years of activism from from indigenous communities and environmentalists, The removal of dams along the Klamath River is allowing water to flow freely once again, marking a new hope for the region's iconic salmon. Klamath River, which trails for 414 kilometers or 257 miles between Oregon and Northwestern California, was once was once the third largest salmon producing river on the west coast. It supported a healthy population of Chinook salmon, Coho salmon, and steelhead trout, which served as a vital source of nutrition for the Yurok, the Karuk, and other indigenous tribal groups that live in the river basin. However, the construction of Pacific Courts Hydroelectric dams along the river between 1911 and 1962 led to a major decline in wild fish stocks. The dam effectively stopped the strong flows of water needed to flush out toxic algae, worms, and other organisms that can cause disease in fish. But now the dams are reaching the end of their lifetime, signaling an ideal time to remove them and attempt to revive the river's once thriving ecosystems. All right, I've got two stories in rewilding. Both of these are pretty fantastic. The first one's coming out of theconversation.com. Giant tortoises have returned to Madagascar 600 years after they were wiped out. A six-year-old project to return giant tortoises to the wild in Madagascar could result in thousands of the 350 kilogram mega herbivores repopulating the island for the first time in 600 years. The first group of aldebra giant tortoises were brought in from the Seychelles in 2018 and have been reproducing on their own since. A group of ecologists explain how reintroducing this tortoise to areas degraded by cattle grazing will help restore the island's forests, grassy woodlands, and shrublands of the past. It could also help prevent devastating forest fires in the future. The Aldabra giant is the second largest species of land tortoise in the world after the Galapagos giant tortoise. It can live for 100 years and has a fascinating history. This next story is coming out of wafb.com. Zoo welcomes newest addition to rare endangered species, a baby pygmy slow loris. The Memphis Zoo has announced its newest animal and he's so small He can fit in your pocket. A baby pygmy slow loris, a very rare and endangered nocturnal primate, was recently born at the zoo and is being carefully raised behind the scenes by zoo staff. Pygmy slow lorises are small tree-dwelling primates that have opposable thumbs and very strong hands and feet, according to the zoo's website. When threatened, they can mix a toxin from a gland near their elbows with their saliva to give them a venomous bite. I had no idea. The tiny newborn male, who is yet to be named, is expected to join the Memphis Zoo's Animals of the Night exhibit once he's big enough. God, that's fabulous. All right, I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month, and I look forward to sharing more in the future. Thanks.